Welcome back into the Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We got Harrison and Sean is back with us tonight. Finally moved into his big boy home. How are we doing, fellas? Good. Good. good to be back. I'm sorry I missed you guys the last couple of weeks. It's all good. We had a good couple of weeks. Last week was a yeah. little eventful with our, we had some technological issues, but we're back. Hopefully uh, my internet just won't completely crash again this week. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So here we go. All right. Uh, before we get going, make sure you just follow and like us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I would love to thank everybody for their support. We just reached 400 followers on Facebook this week. So that's pretty damn awesome. So thank you, everybody, for your support um, over the two years that we've been doing this. Um, I know getting the reels out lately the last few months has like really helped us. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank everybody for their support. So it's been pretty awesome. It's been awesome. Um, so yeah, leading off tonight, uh, we'll just, this playoff race is coming down to the wire. It's insane. This whole, this next week is going to be so fun to watch. Um, AL West, the Rangers made a statement this weekend, sweeping the Mariners. Um, so the Mariners got to kind of turn it around and put it together. They got four more with Texas, and then they got, I think, three with Houston. I think the Mariners end with both of them this week. Yes, they, so they have a lot of divisional matchups. It is it is wide open for the AL West here. Um, what's, what's amazing is Texas is six and four in their last ten. They've won five in a row, which shows you how bad it was before they came in and steamrolled Seattle. Yeah, they were on quite the skid there for a it while. It was bad. But... And they were just playing poorly, too. It wasn't just losing. Yeah. I mean, they, they weren't yeah. playing well. They didn't pitch. They weren't hitting. A lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Tough tough to watch. But, but, I mean, ripping five off against the teams, they're ripping them off, too. I mean, again, they were behind Seattle. They go in, rip off. You know, now they're, they're two and a half against Houston, who, who just got swept by Kansas City, which <laughs> I didn't look at that twice. I'm like, there's no way I'm reading that correctly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, but you you got to take a look. I mean, Kansas City's won nine of their last ten, six in a row. They're making a really late season push here to to not lose 110 games. <laughs> That's a silly number. But with, with just, that Texas... Not as, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it's just... It's not something you're accustomed to seeing from Houston, right? Like, like Houston, the veteran team that they are, that knows how to win, and they've won championships, it's like... When they, st- when they have a chance to step on your throat, typically that's what they do. They step yep. on your throat. And, and for them to to give up the division lead by that way, like to, to get swept by Kansas city. It's just, it's not, it was a weird, it was a weird thing to see. You expect that from Seattle, even Texas, you would expect that, but not Houston. Yeah. That's not the team you expect that from. That was bizarre. Yeah. It's not their MO. They, they, they close out when they, when they can close out and it's, it's been an interesting week for them, but they, they they've been kind of like that all season. They've been, they've been Jekyll and Hyde for stretches and, they just better hope they they don't that doesn't continue for the next week. Otherwise, they will fall out. Yeah, I mean they're playing Seattle. <laughs> they have Seattle yeah, right. these next three games, so it's it's and man. There's and literally see, a mean, half, and, half game between the two of them. Right, I was gonna say they're they're sneaking. I mean, Houston's is barely hanging on to that third wild card spot. Yeah, that yeah. that race is gonna be insane. The wild card, the the AL West. Like, who who do you guys have a feeling is gonna slip out there? I think Seattle stays out. Like I, I think with 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 Tampa, Toronto, and Houston is where it's at right now, and I think that's what you're going to end with. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think that 
Houston won't do that again. And I think that because of that, Seattle will, will end up just falling out. Fair. Unfortunately, because I'd love to see Seattle back in the playoffs for the second straight year. I just I, I would love see to see happening. I would love to see Houston sitting at home and watching the playoffs for the first time in a while. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be pretty nice. Yeah, I'd love to see, you know, obviously Texas going. They haven't been there in a while. Um, and Toronto kind of sneaky climbing up into that second wild card spot. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's they've they've played well as of late, too. And it's a team that, you know, we were pretty hard on early in the year talking about how they're just just not living up to what they should be and i i I never would have guessed the blue jays had 87 wins though you just haven't heard anything from them i know Mm -hmm. they've they've just kind of quietly bobbed along all season but it's because they there's been really nothing eventful there other than alec manoa basically falling out of baseball um they've just been a team that they kind of win two lose one win one lose two like it's been like that all season they've just been kind of hanging around yeah. Um, Baltimore's number to clench to AL East is three. So, I mean, I mean the Baltimore Orioles be the AL East champs here. Well, not only that, but will they finish with the best record in the American League? Because if they do, they will. And that would be pretty impressive to be the really the second best team in baseball. Um, and who would have thought the Rays after that start would end up falling out of first place at any point in time? Yeah. And there's yeah, I mean, I, I almost. Back. I almost I almost compare that to what happened last year with the Mets and the Braves with I don't necessarily think the Rays lost it where they did have, you know, some some mini skids in there. Yeah. But after the first month of the season the Orioles just played outstanding baseball. Like consistently yeah. just ridiculously good baseball. I mean, like it's a long season. If you go 80% of the season playing 700 baseball. I mean, like yeah. you're just you're going to end up just overtaking the lead. And that's what they did. And once they got a hold of it, they rarely let it go. I mean, there was like one period of time, like about a month ago where it was like back and forth, kind of Tampa, then Baltimore, then Tampa, then Baltimore. But for the most part, Baltimore took it from them and haven't really let it go. No, a thousand percent. Right. Baltimore's got Washington this week. So, I mean, they have a chance to, to clench it right away, but yeah. Um, this NL wild card too. I mean, Marlins are hanging on. I mean, I think the Reds are done. They're two and a half back. Um, so right now you got Philly, Diamondbacks, and the Cubs in the uh, in the wild card spots, and the Marlins are a game back. The Miami freaking Marlins with a negative fifty-one run differential. <laughs> That's it's amazing. And you've gotten literally nothing out of Alcantara, who is not good during the season. He's out now. You trade away Pablo Lopez, and that team just continues to fight and and survive, even against you know against all odds. I mean, they're expected win losses seventy three and eighty three. Like they just continue to outplay where what they are. Yeah, it's crazy. Baseball man. I mean, for that so, purpose wow. alone, I'd love to see them just get in there and cause a little havoc. Right. Well, as you we, know, because the, Mar- like, the Marlins only make the playoffs and win the World Series. So, yeah, seriously, it just to cause a little havoc, right? Because it's like a team that that is doing this this year, a team that is winning close games and 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 finding ways to win games they shouldn't be winning. That's a team I wouldn't feel comfortable with in the postseason. No, you know, now of course, be- you know they they get L.A. or Atlanta, it's toast. But I mean, who? I mean, you know, you sneak in there and you get Philly, or you sneak in there and you get the Cubs. You know, depending yeah. on how it would shake out, although it would probably be the Cubs that they would end up replacing. But yeah, 
you know, you get a team that you can just maybe steal a game or two from. Like, who knows? Wreak a little havoc. I'd love to see something like that. Yeah. The Cubs, the Cubs have Atlanta and the Miami Marlins got the Mets. So if this is if this is a chance for the Marlins to leapfrog, it would be this series right here. I don't know who they both end with. Um, it'd be crazy if it was each other, but it's probably not gonna work out that way. But um, yeah, I mean Cubs got Atlanta for three, Miami's got the Mets for three. So it's it's the Marlins to take, I think, and it's the Cubs to lose. I mean, and the Cubs are in Atlanta too. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, they're in my in Atlanta, Miami. Yeah. No, Miami's yeah. at New York. The Cubs are at Atlanta. Oh, that's I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. right, yeah. And Atlanta's not necessarily easing up either. I mean, they're still they're not wins. mailing it in. No, hundred wins, ho hum, no problem. Whatever. <laughs> so, your view right now. Do the Marlins leap and take over the Cubs? I say no. Even though this is a tough stretch, in order to do that, they need the Cubs to get swept, and they need to take at least two out of three. And I just – I don't know if the Cubs are going to get swept. The Cubs are plus 101 run differential. It's a team that is just – I'd love to see it for Chicago, but a guy like again, a guy like Dansby Swanson. I mean, they have that leadership. They have that kind of thing that they've been missing in the past, where it's like we know how to get it done in September. Like yeah. you know, don't worry, we're going to make sure you know we're going to get it done. I, I think the Cubs stay in, and I think Miami is is just on the outside looking in when it's all said and done. What about yeah, you, Harrison? What? I mean, I want to see Miami make it just because I think it'd be, it'd be a cool story to see it. I don't think they do, but we can't forget about the fact that Arizona and the Cubs are tied. Yeah. You know, right. So in theory, right. if Arizona, they got the White Sox right now, so they, there's no reason to lose two out of three there. Um, but Arizona could also fall out. You know, this, you got one game separating the final three teams. Right. Um, it, it's, I still think it's going to be Arizona, Chicago. I'd love to see Miami, but I don't think they can pull it off. They're just going to run out of time. Yeah. Uh, I would be really sore if my Diamondbacks fell out at this point. Like they've had a pretty good season and I would love to see them in the playoffs for sure. Well, um, the White Sox is tough. I mean, I'm sorry that the, the uh, Diamondbacks are tough because they're at Chicago. Uh, then they have Houston in, in, in they're playing Houston in a game where Houston's going to have to win it. Right. Because Houston's going to have right. conceivably somebody right on their heels too. So I wouldn't be fully shocked. I'm biased, though. I want Arizona in. I, I want them to make the postseason. Mm-hmm. I picked Lavulo as manager of the year, and that would be a tough break for them to kind of lose it at the end of September, October, and not get in. Yeah. Um, he may not win it anyways, but it gives him a much better chance, right, if he gets them into the postseason. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I, I want Arizona, so I'm going to choose to believe that it stays the way it is now, but yep. wouldn't be totally shocked. Well, so yeah. yeah, so real quick, so Miami's got the – they're – in New York with the Mets and in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. The Cubs are in Atlanta and in Milwaukee. Mm. What about the I Diamondbacks? Mean, the, White Sox. Oh, and, and, Ash, White and Sox Astros, yeah. I mean, honestly, I know, Miami's Miami got the easiest remaining yeah. games. Out of those three, they sure do. It's going to be a hell of a week. <laughs> I, I can't wait. <laughs> the, Cubs, the Cubs are going to have to earn it. They're going to earn if they If they hold on, they've earned it for sure. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you guys feel that like playing tough games at this point 
and you get into the playoffs, does that give you an edge up? Oh, hell yeah. Imagine if you're the Cubs and you take two out of three in, in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. care who they have after Atlanta. If you take two out of three in Atlanta with your season on the line, these essentially are playoff games because if you lose them, yeah. you're out. So right. essentially this is a playoff and, series. And yeah. you got Milwaukee after that. If you're the Cubs and you go take four out of the next six or five out of the next six and go into the playoffs, like it's two teams that are in the playoffs with you, that's a massive boost. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. For sure. I, I think that's the same way like the AL West is going to play out too. Like whoever comes out of that gauntlet at the end, like they're going to be riding a hot streak and I, I think they could make some noise for sure. Um, yeah, crazy. So the playoff picture as we speak right now. So the Twins clenched this week. Um, the Brewers clenched this week. And a kind of cool story is Rowdy Telez is the first position player to be on the mound pitching when their team clenched. So they were up like big in the ninth inning and the Brewers clenched that night and he was pitching. So I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, and of all people, Rowdy Tellez. So it was pretty awesome. But yeah. yeah, so right now, if the playoff started today, it'd be Houston against the Twins, and then the Rays against the Blue Jays, and the Rangers and the Orioles get the bye in the AL. In the NL, obviously, the Atlanta Braves get the bye. The uh, Dodgers the get the two seed. Oh, there you go. I mean, the Cubs against Brewers, and then Diamondbacks, Phillies. So, I mean, if that's how it shakes well, out, it's how it shakes out. But Cubs have to. Cubs would have to go Atlanta, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Whew. Yeah, two series back. Yeah, Atlanta, home. Milwaukee, Milwaukee, L.A. <laughs> that, right. that'd, be a, that'd be a hell of a run to the World Series. And then probably Atlanta again. <laughs> Atlanta again. And then probably Atlanta again. Right. So Atlanta, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, L.A., Atlanta. Oh, gauntlet. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That bottom bracket in the AL is all AL East. It is that. awesome. That's crazy how that played out, but yeah, I if the Orioles, if it it's a goal, like, the Orioles got a good shot to get to the ALCS right there. I, I like that matchup for them. Yeah, I mean they're likely going to face Tampa. The two of them have really battled all season, so hmm. yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, crazy. All right, let's see what else we got. Oh, the other interesting stat: the Twins, obviously have been 18 straight playoff games without a W. 13 are against the Yankees. So, with the Yankees out, hopefully the Twins can actually win a playoff game. But, but it's Houston. But it's Houston. Right. <laughs> as we speak, it's Houston. So, Right, as we I, speak. Right. Man. <laughs> Absolutely insane. So, Speaking I can't Yankees, wait for this. Go ahead. Did, did you guys see the picture of their final home game yesterday? <laughs> Yeah, there's like nine people in the bleachers, and the place was empty. Yeah, and they the announced the attendance at forty-one thousand. <laughs> yeah, the Yankees fans base effectively said, "We're done." Yeah, yeah, they said the. I mean, they're still technically in it. No, the Yankees got eliminated. It, I thought I, I think they first one MLB Network had their magic number at one. Oh no, they that was yesterday. They got eliminated. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's six games. There's six games back with six to play. Gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely insane. Well, yeah, six games back with six to play. They need everyone to lose, and they need to win all six. Yeah, but they lose the tiebreaker. The magic number is one. Yeah, they don't hold the tiebreaker against anybody. 
Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, so they have they have technically been eliminated. <laughs> man, Red Sox and Yankees this year, man. Not sad about it. It's brutal. Nope, I'm not either. But... No, who would have thought? Crazy. Yeah, so this next week is must-watch baseball for sure. That's all that's going to be on my TV for yeah, the next week. it's going to be week. wild. But absolutely insane. Um, so we mentioned last week that their um, MLB is announcing a Team Silver Slugger Award. The nominees were mentioned uh, this week. So in the AL, you have the Rangers, Rays, Astros, and Mariners. Who wins that? Say it again, Angels. No, Angels. Rangers, Rangers, Rays, Astros, Rangers. Mariners. I mean, Mar- uh, Rangers, and I would when say. When it comes to offense, yeah, it's got to be the Rangers. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's the most runs in the American League. Yeah, and they yeah. mash. So, and they mash. Right. <laughs> so here's a side question to that. With Shohei Otani being on the shelf for, you know, the rest of the season, and it was, what, two weeks ago now? Does Corey Seager take over the AL MVP vote? No. How many games has he played enough games? I know he was hurt. He was like while. 104 last I saw. But I mean, his the season he's putting up is pretty. Oh, ridiculous. he's unreal. Yeah, he's he's at, oh, he's at 112. So when I looked la- last week, so he's played every game since. And he's got is he has so, 30 plus homers, right? Best best case he's got 33. Yeah, best yeah. case he ends up at like 33 and 96. Hundred and eighteen games, maybe thirty-five home runs, maybe breaks the hundred RBI. Yeah, thirty-five and a hundred. He could. I mean, it's for a shortstop. I know that's the numbers are crazy. Imagine if that guy played a whole season. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't know if he quite takes over the MVP vote myself. Um, Shohei is just Shohei, and what he did this year—he was top five in pitching, top five in hitting. It's if we just if we just base it on Ken's favorite stat of WAR, Shohei's got him ten point one to seven, and Shohei's WAR is one of the highest in baseball history. Well, I mean, obviously he he's on both sides of the ball, and he's but he's still out hit Seager, you know, three hundred four, forty four and ninety five. I mean, you could he's still at least even offensively with Seager without the pitching being considered. And the guy missed, he'll finish with uh, 100. He's played 135 games. 135 games. So he's, yeah. you know, he's Play, played more games. He's got out hit him. 600 play 599. So let's, let's round it up one at bat, a plate appearance and say he got 600 plate appearances for Shohei. Corey mm-hmm. Seager, how many plate appearances here? But that almost like gives me the argument. Five hundred and seven. Yeah. So it's Corey now. Seager is putting up thirty. Let's say let's let's say he gets thirty five and a hundred, yep. with a with let's say eighty less plate appearances. Playing a premier defensive position at shortstop. Yep. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a clo- it's a closer argument, I yeah. think, than we think. I just it's the games played. It's it's the hundred and let's say less than 120 games played. It's hard to say you're the most valuable player when you've missed 40 something. Yeah, you missed a quarter of the yeah. season. I mean, the war stat though, like to go back to your comment about it, Harrison, like Seager's got a seven war. Otani plays both sides of the bar and ball and has a 10. Yep. So, I mean, that makes me lean towards Seager a little bit more. Like he's making more of an impact at that position. I mean, I get it. Shohei Otani is Shohei Otani. Like that's, 
two he is. But it's also got it's just a it's also a tough look to give an MVP to a guy that got hurt and couldn't finish the season. It, it is. I mean, and I that's just that. like a me. That's just a me thing. Like, and I'm not saying that should disqualify him by any stretch. But it's like it's it's tough. I mean, most valuable player. But yeah, I mean, for me me personally, I'd rather see a guy like Seager get it than than Otani get it. For you know, a Otani's team finished and finished ten games under 500. He missed the he missed the last six weeks of the season, and honestly, as good as he was, clearly didn't make much of a freaking difference. The Angels still stunk. Um, whereas Seager's on a team that's going to make the playoffs for the first time in a long time. I mean, you know, when you talk about it gets into the argument of who, what's valuable is the most valuable right. player, just the guy that puts up the best stats or the guy that has the biggest impact. Cause you could argue Otani's impact doesn't matter because the team's still not good. Um, how much worse would they be without him? Who cares? Seager's uh, actually made a meaningful difference on a team that's going to go somewhere. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to the post. If Otani doesn't win the M- MVP, well, this will the be the writers. second year in a row. He'll be snubbed. Yeah, the writers are going to give it to him because oh, that's miss me. La- miss me with last year. He wasn't snubbed last year. I don't think so either. But all the people that I'll take, I'll take as much time out of my day to make that argument every day of the week. Yeah. He was not snubbed against Aaron Judge. No, Aaron Judge was a had a better year yep. all around than Shohei Otani. Aaron Judge has been out for half the season and he's still got thirty five bombs. Like Aaron Judge last year was the most valuable player. Like I, okay. I don't. Yeah, I I have no argument. This year is this year. There's more of an argument if it's between Shohei and Seager. There's definitely an argument that can be made. Last year there was no argument. No, no, I don't think so either. But yeah, I just know that there'll be people out <laughs> out in groves if Otani doesn't win it this year. But well, it well, is what it is. Otani will win it because that's what the writers want to write about. Yeah, fair. All right. Um, so, yeah, like I said, crazy, crazy week of baseball coming up. So we will see what happens. Um, I do have three trivia questions for you guys that involve the postseason. So here we go. Top three players in, to have the most home runs in the postseason. In a single postseason or in their career? In a single nope, postseason? Sorry, or career. Time? So let me ask that again. Top three career postseason home run leaders. David Ortiz. A-Rod. Nope. Which one did you say no Both. to? Oh, okay. Uh, Manny? Manny is number one with 29. No kidding. Is Jim Tomey in there? I feel like he had a no. There is there is a current player on the on this list. Oh, Jose Altuve. No. Jose Altuve. Yeah, of course. Oh, Altuve. Altuve yeah, is right. Altuve. a stupid number of playoff home runs. And then yeah. the other one is a '90s Yankees player. Uh, Paul O'Neill. Nope. Scott Brocious. Nope. Scott Brocious. Scott Brocious. <laughs> oh come on! I loved him at third base. Tino Martinez. Nope. Posada. Nope. He's not really sure, known not sure for his, his power. It's, it's always those guys. It's like the guy that you don't expect to hit a lot of home runs does. Well-known guitar. Bernie Williams. Williams. Williams, yeah. 22. Yeah. So. He played in a lot of playoffs. Bernie Williams had 22 career postseason home 22 runs. 22 career postseason home runs, yeah. Dude played a lot of games. Yeah. 
Crazy. So yeah, rem- still twenty-two postseason home runs. I don't care how many games you play. I feel, like, a, you I feel like I should have yeah. known that. Yeah. Like I feel like that should have been easy. Yeah. I feel like you always hit him. Yeah. He had that that's that easy graceful swing. He really and did that have short a, a porch, nice right? Swing. Yep. Thousand percent. Okay. <laughs> he had twenty-two home runs. All but like two of them traveled like two hundred ninety-eight feet. Yep. Right. All right. Top three career postseason wins. Verlander. Verlander was 16. He's number two. Uh, Pettit? Uh, Pettit, number one with 19. Geez, that's a lot of wins. Pedro. Not Pedro. Clemens. Nope. Active or retired? Retired. Kurt Schilling. He announces now. Smoltz? Uh, Smoltz, yeah, with 15. Smoltz. Wow. Yep. Good for Smoltz. Yep. Pet at 19, Verlander 16, Smoltz 15. Did you guys see the in the box at the, at the Braves game a week or two ago when they were showing the the footage of Smoltz getting hit by a pitch? And he, he like, clams, like, puts his arms together, falls on the ground, and Chipper Jones is, like, destroying him in the box yeah. about how not to take a hit by pitch? Yeah. <laughs> was, was those guys, nice. I would love to watch the Braves games just to listen to that booth. Right. All right. Uh, the last one I have is top three career postseason hits. Oh boy, Jeter. Jeter, number one with two hundred. That's insane. He's got a whole season <laughs> worth of hits. Yeah. <laughs> well, it helps when you played every soft every postseason. Any active guys? No active guys. We've already mentioned the so two G- of these at some point. So Jeter's Jeter's number one with two hundred. Uh, yep. Manny? Manny is number three with 117. That's a big gap. Holy cow. That's a big gap. Bernie Williams. Ortiz? Bernie Williams, 128. So <laughs> That's a lot of hits. 200 to 128 between oh Jeter God. and Bernie Williams. Wow. But, yeah. Crazy. That's a lot of hits. 200. It's absolutely insane. I have a bonus one for you. Let's, oh, nice. let's hear you know which pitcher has the most strikeouts in a singular postseason, and do you know what the number is? Ooh, not active, right? He's not active. I can give you the year if that helps. Yes, give us the year. Two thousand one. Johnson. Nope. Schilling. Schilling. Do you know the number? Let's he probably see. got what four starts. Yeah, I'm going to guess. I think it was five. I think it was five stars. 54. 56. Oh, wow. dang. Yeah, like, 56. So 54, 55, 56. and it was 56. Oh, so Yeah, close. Kurt Schilling with 56 in 2001. That's dang. a lot of Ks. That's a lot of Ks that's in one postseason. I mean, that's you're probably – I think it went – I Probably five stars. I looked it up real – I don't have it right in front of me. It went like 10, 9, 12, 9, 9, or like something like that. However, Jeez. that like math works out, but it ended with 56. It was crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. Talk about two people that shouldn't be on the same pitching staff at, at that time as Randy Johnson and I know Coach those Schilling. two. How did, they not win, how did they not win more? Oh, my God. Because they had three other people that had to take the ball between oh, them. True. Good point. But, but I, I will God. say in 01, he and Randy Johnson threw that team on their back and carried them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> What a nasty one, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, We have uh, the question of the week that I threw out this week. Um, Who is the first manager to get fired this offseason? Go ahead, Sean. 
It won't be Boone. <laughs> no, it should it be. It should be Boone. It won't it be should Boone. Be, but it, it won't be. be. Was that set up for me? You guys had this two weeks plan? Yes. Uh, three weeks. Was set ago. up for me to go yes. off. As soon as go you got off, off two weeks uh, ago. I've been planning this since like April, man. I've been waiting for the day we could announce his firing and you could have that moment. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm gonna come in like Stephen A. Smith came into that with the cowboy hat on when the Cowboys when the Cowboys lost. He had like the jersey and the cowboy hat on. Yes, that's how I'm gonna come in. Uh, and he talks smack yes. about Shohei Otani and then spikes the first pitch. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so bad. I don't know, man. It, it's it's the Red Sox sacrificial lamb was Heim, so it's not gonna be Cora. Yep. There. I don't. I mean. I, I mean, I would say Bob Melvin, but like, I still think they believe in him in San Diego. Like, I don't think they're ready for that kind of shakeup because, like, again, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Like, who are they going to come in that's that's better than Bob Melvin to to handle all those egos? Like, Tony LaRusso. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me think on that a little more. That's a good question. All right. Well, I'll go over the answers while you're thinking about it. So uh, Joshua Rodriguez said Aaron Boone, and then he put up a gif that said the fucker's got to go. I mean, he does have to go, but it's not going to be Boone. Um, Ken Sawyer said Alex Cora. Um, Doug said, I would say Boone, but Yanks have already said they're sticking with him for reasons unknown to many. Unknown. Unknown to man. Not unknown to many. Unknown to man. There's no man that knows. He's got like compromising pictures of somebody. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Henley the Rose said, honestly, don't see too many people being fired. Players from the Mets have said I, they want to yeah. keep Buck. Um, I think, what is it? I think the, th- the Sox firing Blue means Core is probably staying. So just like you said, Sean, I believe the Yankees have said they're sticking with Boone. Melvin is probably the one I'd pick out of all the managers. I could see he's the one on the hot seat. I, I actually, to go back to Buck, I actually, I didn't see them until you guys mentioned it earlier on the show, but with the comments from Tommy Pham coming out, I wouldn't be shocked if Buck does not come back. I mean, if it's out there from a former player that like this team doesn't work hard and they were supposed to be favorites to win the World Series and they're like a billion games under 500, like how can you bring that manager back? Yeah, right. Uh, that's fair. It's a great like, point. I don't care. And I understand, I understand that players underperformed and like you had injuries and, and I get all that, right? But like when you don't work hard, yeah, that's on the manager. Like when when yeah. when you're starting to get the reputation that it's a country club in the clubhouse, while your team is just vastly underperforming, like I, it's I, who else do you? Blame? And like these weird games, like with Pete Alonso, like I'm not gonna go catch that pop fly, like that kind of nonsense. Yeah, like but, that. I mean, it's gotta be Buck, right? Yeah, my my answer. I don't care. And, and and if I'm if I'm Steve Cohen, it's like, dude, I get that you guys like him, like he's a nice guy, but like he's not what we need right now. Like we need somebody that's gonna come in and and get you guys to play the way that you can play yeah, yeah. i'd answer i'd answer the question on facebook and i said there's four managers i can see moving it's cora boone show walter and melvin i don't think i don't think cora goes anywhere i don't think melvin necessarily goes anywhere but after the reports of them coming out with leadership issues and all that you never know melvin may also opt out he may just say this isn't for me um right. and i could i could see buck show walter saying look i'm done i don't want to go through a rebuild i'm not at that point in my career anymore see right. ya um I mean, I, I would say um, Marmol and St. Louis as well, just with how vastly that. underperforming they were. But he's, he's he, I, like, I think you got to give him a little more time. Yeah, they've already said that he's got their support. So I think he's safe. Right. Like, you, you got to give him a little more time. I don't think that's yeah. fair. I mean, like, like, who are you, the New York Jets? Right? Like, you hire a guy, he doesn't make the playoffs in two years, and then you fire him. It's like, well, like, no shit. Like, it takes time <laughs> to build this stuff up. Right. 
you know, now granted, the St. Louis Cardinals are a, a great organization, so it's not a, that's not the best comparison. But, like, they underperformed. I get it. Wipe that year away. Like, let's move on. Now, if we have another disastrous April, then he might be the first one fired next year. That's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. You know, like, if they get off to the same kind of start. But one, I think you got to be in his corner a little bit. Yeah. One manager, too, I think kind of falls off the radar is Bud Blackout in Colorado. That team just continues to exist. They're not good. Is he still there? He's still there. I assumed he'd been gone. Um, no, that's the thing. Like, it shows I, you how much Colorado Rockies th- games. That's exactly my point. Like, he just kind of, he's just like out there, and people forget about him. Yeah. I think at some point the Rockies just have to say, "Look, we we just have to go a different direction. Start over. We've given you nothing to work with. This isn't good for anybody. Why are we still doing this?" Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Bud Black at some point just goes, "I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of being in Colorado, getting my head kicked in every year." Yeah. Right. I mean, you look at teams who are outside the postseason, right? And it's like, even a team that we talked about earlier, like Miami. Miami's not getting rid of who they're like. They are vastly overperformed. Oh, yeah. Right? Whether Arizona falls out or not, they're not getting rid of Lavulo. No. Washington's not getting rid of Davey Martinez. They love him. And I actually think he's done a decent job, yes. more than decent job with what they have. I mean, that's a triple A ball club. Yeah. I mean, and, they, and again, they are the opposite of the Mets in the sense that, like, they play hard every game. Like, that's not a team that you can just roll over because, like, they rolled out of bed and had a bad day. Right. So they're just going to give up. Like, that team plays hard. And they have decent they young the They have decent young talent that's going to develop and sure. be good. And I, so, I, you know, like, you look at teams outside the postseason, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of managerial changes. Yeah. yeah I really fair. don't. Like, I think what you see vastly is what you're going to have next year. Yeah, there Doug were... made another comment about the Oakland A's, but at the same time, like, it's Mark Kotze – it's the Oakland A's. They might just hang on to what they got until they make the move to Vegas and then rebuild it there. Well, that's as long as Kotze wants to keep doing it. Well, right. Well, and for Kotze, first managerial job, first year on the job, I mean, they're going to let him keep going. He's going to probably want to keep going because he's still excited about it. Two names that I – two names I've heard recently that I kind of – I didn't think much about. Uh, one was Phil Nevin when the Angels. He took the job when Joe Madden got fired. The teams continued to stink. He wasn't really the guy they wanted. There's a high likelihood that he'll he'll be gone. And then there's also some rumblings in Chicago that they feel like they made a mistake giving Pedro Grafal the manager role and that Ryan Zorf is considering taking him out and doing a full throw a chuck, chuck a hand grenade at the organization rebuild. Um, and they don't feel like he's the guy for that. Yeah, I, I mean... I could see that. It, I could see Chicago. Sense. Yeah, and that would that. that would be very much like the White Sox who don't do stuff that makes any sense. Yeah. So. Well, it's not that it doesn't make sense. What didn't make sense was the whole Larusa right to Grafoli. It was almost as though like yeah. when the Larusa thing didn't work out, it's like we don't have a backup. Like, how do you not have a plan? <laughs> the guy's right. a thousand years old. Like, did you yeah. think it was going to be seamless? Yeah. And that was get... more the that's more the part that if they get rid of Grafoli, like. So be it. I didn't watch a ton of Chicago White Sox games, but I wasn't impressed with the games that I watched. Like, I'm not sitting no. there being like, oh, you got to hang on to this guy. So right. I'm not going to no, lose any sleep if they get rid of him. But what, what didn't make sense was they just didn't seem to have a plan. Yeah, yeah. and I think that all the non- the nonsense that came out after the Tim Anderson uh, glass jaw incident where you yeah. found out how, how just dysfunctional it was. I think a lot of people are pointing at Grafal just not having the experience to pull that team together. Yeah, who knows? It's fair. A um, couple other comments. Uh, Nick Fanning said Cora could probably go Buck Showalter. So he's on the Cora and Showalter train. And then uh, Vinny Maturo said Boone. So, There's a I mean, lot of people. I, 
Yeah. There's a lot of people I mean, that believe Cora goes to the front office, and I don't I don't see it. We'll see. I I don't know. I I still I'm very firmly open as a core apologist. I think he's a really good manager. I think, and again, this probably also goes to the whole Boone thing, but I'll never give Boone an excuse, but you can only do so much with the talent that you have. Yep. Now Boone's roster is much more talented than Cora's roster, but Boone's roster also has major flaws. Like the roster yeah. construction that has been given to Boone, his years in New York has had major flaws. However, yep. I do think there are strengths on New York that he just doesn't know what to do with, mainly the back end of that bullpen for the for the majority of the season. Yeah. Like I just don't think he knows how to handle the bullpen, which is just yeah. criminal at that level. I mean, we've but, talked about his in-game management and how terrible it is. I mean, right. like at that that time it was like like you said, the back half with like the whole dealing with Clay Holmes and like not letting him close and like it was just for a while there, it was like, what is this guy doing? Like, yeah, I mean, he's bringing no the wrong guys in in the eighth. He's bringing the right guy in, but, like, with one out in the eighth. And it's like, why don't we just give him a clean inning? Like, yeah. you're saving him, what, nine pitches? Like, what's the point? I just right. – I thought a lot of it was just so bizarre. Almost yeah. as though he was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to – that guy, that guy. It was very yeah. bizarre. Um, but I think Cora, by and large, is a good manager. I think if you give him the – like, a Major League Baseball filled-out roster, I think you will win – a lot of baseball games. If they decide to go away and go in a different route, like that's their prerogative. I, I, I don't know if I would agree with it, but yeah. I'd be surprised. I think well, like, Bloom was the sacrificial lamb. Bloom yeah. was, they parted ways and it was, Hey, we blame you Heim and we don't blame anyone else. We don't blame the manager. We don't blame the coaching staff. We don't blame the players. We blame Heim for putting this product on the field and he's gone and everyone else is, is rallying behind Cora and that's the way I see it at least yeah I, I think that was like I don't know if gutsy is the right word for it but when Cora came out after the trade deadline in that press conference and was like I just haven't been given the pieces that I yeah. thought we were gonna get at the deadline yeah. like that was like then the organization was like oh crap like we want to keep this guy but he's not happy so we got to do something um well in the whole time in the whole time as things are starting to come out like piece by piece, like I know Harrison and I have said, like I, I actually didn't think he did that bad of a job as far as like constructing the roster with what his right. parameters were, but right. then start pieces start to come out, which I mean, believe it or don't believe it. I, I kind of do a little bit where they said that Heim had an opportunity to trade away Chris sale and all his money. Right. With the, I was going to say yeah. with the money, and then he chose against it because he wanted like better pieces in return. And it's like, okay, that's a tough look, particularly when you're the guy that's brought in to like clean up the books a little bit, you have an opportunity to get all of this money off of the books and you didn't do it because you wanted like another low level young kid. Like, I don't know. Right. Like if that's true, if that's how it played out, that's a tough look. Especially you know, with, like, that's you know, to defend. an impending free agent coming on the market. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make a, I mean, I'm sure the Red Sox have the money. I'm not saying they well, don't. Dude, Will Will but, Middlebrook, I saw something on Twitter. Will Middlebrook said that, like, from everything he's understanding, what he's been told, like, the Red Sox are fully ready. They're like raring to go to make a like a legitimate offer. Yeah, as like, the every Red Sox team are going to, the Red Sox are going to do what they feel is necessary mm -hmm. to make that happen. Yeah, this 
<clears throat> to me, this this whole thing is ownership panicking because of the response they're getting from the fan base from with the merch fans, sales yeah. down, ticket sales down. And, you know, they had to make they had to show some strength, so they cut Heim, although Heim was doing exactly what he was told to do and what he was brought there to do. And they're going to change directions, and they're going to bring in either they're gonna, either O'Halloran stays around or somebody else kind of slides into I that heard, seat. And, I heard Sam Fold. Sam Fold is, is on the I, short list here. I'd love to see Sam Fold. I used to hit in the batting cages next time. He's a Durham, New Hampshire boy. He's yeah. a really smart baseball guy. Yeah, so I, I guess he, you know, he's worked with Dombrowski in Philadelphia yeah. for a little while. He's, you know, that's a pretty good guy to learn under. You know, I know yeah. Dombrowski's kind of the opposite of high, right, with the way he builds teams. Right, but, right. Yeah. but I mean, he, you learn from a really, a really uh, successful general manager who's done it at many different teams. Yeah. Like, it's not right. like he's only done it one place. No, Dombrowski's you know, I mean, a hitman. That's the thing with Heim, though. Heim really only had the experience in Tampa, and it worked, but it was one place. Like, yep. Dabrowski's been everywhere, man. And everywhere he's gone, he's he's built successful teams. And, and Sam Foles learned from him. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a shot. Imagine if Fold comes in and his first signing Shohei Otani. Imagine that. Put him, in the, put him in Cooperstown. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man, it's crazy. But. I mean, it just it depends on what the ownership group's going to do in terms of a direction. You know, they wanted to go – they want to go cheaper. They want to go younger. Now they don't want to do that anymore. They want to go different down a different path. I mean, Dombrowski's a hitman. People bring him in to gut the organization, load up the talent, and go for it all. And usually when Nick, he leaves, if Sam, if Sam Fold gets the job, Nick, we should have like a type one diabetes day at Fenway. Me, you, and Sam Fold. Absolutely, all in. Harrison, you're not invited. <laughs> That's fine. I'll set this one out. Me and me like, and my working pancreas will stay at home. Yeah, exactly. You guys, you guys can celebrate that together. I'll hang out here and I'll I'll eat some candy in your favor in your honor. Um, but a guy a guy like Dombrowski and maybe Fultz gonna do the same thing. He's gonna come and he's gonna load up. He's gonna go for broke and he's gonna leave, he's gonna leave yeah. it in shambles. Look at Detroit. Look at Boston. I mean that's his track record. Philadelphia in a few years is gonna be in a, Detroit. I mean he did it with Detroit. Yeah. He did it Detroit. with Florida. He did it with Detroit, did it Boston, literally Florida. Every, Everywhere he goes, Montreal. He goes all in. They win. And then the place is a mess, and he leaves. Um, he's a hitman. He comes in to win a World Series and then get out of town. Yeah. And maybe they're going to do that again because it worked here at 18. But I just this is ownership, I think, reacting to the feedback from the fans and trying to find a person to blame, and High made a bullet for him, although he was doing what he was supposed to do. And if they're going to go back to the days of Dombrowski, then be prepared for three great years and then three that aren't. Three great I mean, years like... and three that aren't. Like I said at the deadline, though, like the Red Sox weren't out of it. Like they could have made one or two key moves. It's the same thing and, last year. And made they, a decent run. Right. I, but I they, just. But I, to I me, know. and I think the fact that that's the same case two years in a row, they didn't make the moves that you're thinking are right in front of their faces to make. They fall completely off the rails in the second half of the season. I, I mean, Heim, for all of his faults that people want to point at, he is not a dumb person. No. So. I think the directive to Heim was unless you can do it on the cheap, don't do it. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is why, like I, that's why I, I fully agree with Harrison. I do think this was the, this was his, his parameters. These were his objectives. Yeah. The, the number the one objective was it, not. Go ahead. Do you think the timing of it was weird? I mean, it was mid September and they're just like, yeah, thanks. We're done. Like they didn't wait for the season to be over and then can them. I wonder if that has something to do with, like, I wonder if the rules of Major League Baseball is, like, like, I wonder if they wanted first crack at available guys. You know, I wonder if there's a couple of guys on their list that they want first crack at. And I wonder, 
I'm sure there are some, like, if you already have the position filled, you can't be talking to other guys about a position. Like, I, you know, I'm sure that's kind of in the rules. I don't know. I wonder if it's like, Hey, we have three or four guys we really like. So we're going to have a vacated position in that way that allows us to ask permission to Philadelphia to talk to Sam fold earlier than most other teams, because other teams are going to wait until the, I don't know. I I just, because it it, it was a bit weird. Like it, it was, it wasn't middle of the season, but it wasn't at the end, but it was close enough to the end. Like it was a bit weird. It makes me, it also makes me think they're having, they were starting to have a conversation about next year. And it was clear that they weren't thinking the same thing. And yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, that's true too. Probably. Maybe we just go now and call it. Right. Yeah, it was I, just I, a I meeting, like, and he, yeah. Well, I, I feel like the Red Sox didn't necessarily fire him. I feel like it was more like, we want to do this. That doesn't jive. Okay, let's just go different dire- different directions. Because it came out as they parted ways, and then the next day he was fired. And it's like, well, I don't. I didn't get the sense based on how it came out that he was fired. Maybe he was. Mm. But my guess is they're starting to talk about next year, and it was there. It was clear that they were not. They did not share the same plans. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, I mean, it will be interesting. I mean, like, I'm kind of on the, the the same page with you guys. I don't think Cora moves. I think Cora stays. Just in the fact that, like, if no one really moves from their current teams, there's not going to be many candidates out there. I mean, I'm sure there's up-and-coming hitting coaches that would be great managers. I would love to see Veritek in the manager seat at some point. I don't think he's ever going to take it. He said he doesn't want the manager. Um, But me, selfishly, being my favorite Red Sox of all time, I would love to see him in that spot. But I don't think it's ever going to come to fruition. But I just think of lack of candidates for the manager position, I think. I think Cora stays. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, We got a few things heading home here. Um, this whole San Diego Padres story debacle, I, I don't really know what's going on. Like story came out saying that the San Diego Padres locker room was just absolutely in shambles. And, and Manny Machado was the big reason why the culture in the clubhouse was bad. And then Machado came out yesterday other day before and said like, the clubhouse is fine. I don't know what people are talking about. We're just underperforming. Um, What's your take on everything happening in San Diego? <laughs> I don't I mean, know, man. San, San Diego, it's it's a it's a lot of really really high priced guys that have not all played well at the same time. I mean, I think it's I think it's a lot of things. I think it's all new players that are trying to that, that are getting together in a new city. I think it's a an unbalanced team. I think it's a team that's got some holes in it. But ultimately, you know, you look at you look across it. And until the latter part of the season, Soto was was that was having a down year. Xander's not had a great year. Um, the pitching staff's been hot and cold. Tatis has actually been good since he came back, and I think there's a lot of question about if, if he'd be a distraction or not. Machado's had an off year. I just you haven't. I don't think you've seen what that team can do. Yeah. They just haven't put it together. I don't know the whole like where did that come from that, that Machado's the reason like locker room cancer kind of thing. Like, it was did come, that come it from came, the internal. It, yeah, it came. There's a couple of uh, reports that came out of some internal sources that were talking about issues in the clubhouse. And then Machado's the guy that comes out and says no, there's no issues. Machado was the guy that was actually kind of pointed to as the veteran leader that was not uh was not doing right. It. But but then Machado then came out and said I don't yep. know what they're talking about. There's no issue. Well, of course. I mean. 
to, I mean, I'm not saying he's lying. I'm just saying, take that for what it's worth. I mean, if he's the one causing issues and then he comes out, he's like, no, 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 there's no issues. It's like, well, that's what can you I mean, ask Jesus. Your, that's what can you ask a kid, you know, did you eat that cookie and they got chocolate on their face and they say no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, all right. I mean, it might not. I mean, he might not, that might not be a problem, but like, to me, it would mean a whole lot more if a guy like Xander came out and was like, no, it's, that's crazy. Yeah. Machado said yeah. like, a lot when he was asked that question, a lot of the quotes that he said was left out, so they kind of shaped it that which way. Tends um, to be that way too, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And then, like Joe Musgrove's backing him up and says Machado's one of the best teammates I've ever had. So, like, okay, well, so that's what I was looking for. Okay, so there's someone else. Yeah, just, that's fine then. It took a while for Musgrove out. to come out. It's almost like the players are like, okay, somebody's gonna say something. Yeah. So I mean, but that just kind of goes with like the season they've had, like. They all are underperforming. There's a ton of stars on that lineup. We all, I mean, we're all sitting here and like the Padres could win 140 games on paper. Uh, you know, like, yeah. I mean, their pitching staff, their lineup, like, it, you have perennial oh. all-stars in that lineup now. And, and they they've, just they've, completely... they've just now won nine of their last 10 and, and they had won eight in a row until the other day. They finally came to life just too late. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, We'll see what happens next year. We'll see if they move on from Melvin or not. Um, I don't know. I mean, Blake Snell's probably not staying there. Um, he's going to hit free agency and go somewhere. So you're going to move. And he's going to get paid. Absolutely. I, I do feel like some of this right now in San Diego, these guys come to life. I think it's a lot of it's self-preservation and fear that they're going to blow this team up if they don't at least show them something at the end of the season and think there's some hope for next year. But, but you got you Darvish signed long-term Xander's long-term Tatis is long-term Soto's another season. Um, Machado's long-term. Like you got a lot of these guys locked up for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't figure it out, it's going to be a really expensive team to uh, continue to finish in third. Yeah. Agree. Um, some pretty cool seasons, uh, season, single season records here. Um, Corbin Carroll's the first rookie to ever hit 25 home runs and steal 50 bags in a season. Um, if you have not watched this kid play, this kid is legit. He is good on every aspect of the game. His fielding, he covers some ground out there. The kid can hit, um, and he is fast as hell. It's He's he's awesome to watch. Um, and he's no doubt the NL Rookie of the Year for me. I, I don't think it – I mean, Justin Steele – I don't know if he – I don't think he technically Ooh. qualifies as a rookie. Um, Who? Yeah, the yeah. one I left off the top 100 list. Yeah, dude, know? and Corbin Carroll's funny. He looks like – I mean, he's not necessarily the biggest guy, but he's like he's like a full-grown person, and he looks like a big version of like the little person from Elf. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like when he's got like that goatee going on. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Freddie Freeman – He's the first first baseman with 20 home runs, 20 stolen bags, and 200 hits in a single season. Should um, I say it again? Should I say it again? Say it. He should easily, easily be the second most expensive player in baseball. Easily. It should be Shohei most expensive, Freddie Freeman right behind him. He should easily be the second most expensive player in baseball. He's a leader. He is a gold glove defender. The I mean, consistency. He, he every single thing he does on the baseball field is is best at the position it is unbelievable yeah yep. yeah yeah i mean and and i i would say i i think the kid's probably gonna make it i think he'll be around for a little while he's uh he's pretty good yeah he's all right yeah. he's all right i don't know if i'd take him on the socks though 
he should easily be the most, yeah. the second most expensive player in baseball. I agree. It, it's just crazy. You watch any Dodgers game, or you watch like silly. Every time he's at bat, you're like, "Yep, that's a hit. That's a hit to and left he, center. That's a hit through the first." And he hole. seems like the most likable human being on earth. He yes. Does. And that's another thing too. Not that that should add to his like value, but it's like he just seems like you just like hang in a bar with him and you just tell great stories and then go like hit a baseball six hundred feet. Well, if you look at what he does off the field, he's been in L.A. for, what, a season and a half, almost two at this point. And the impact that he's making in the community there in L.A. already is un- unreal. Uh, this well, this guy is – I mean, the impact he had in all those years in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. not surprising. No. Not surprising. It's absolutely insane. I mean, I would love to have him on my team for sure. Yeah. Um, no, he's just a super good dude all around. Yeah. Um, Mookie Betts sets the all-time record for RBIs out of the leadoff spot. I think he's at 103, I think I saw. Um, 105, I think. 105, yeah. Um, I kind of made a uh, an offhanded comment on uh, MLB when they posted this. and um, Nick loves to stir stuff up online. I do. And honestly, like I think a lot of people actually took it as a joke because like I worded it that way, but um, yeah, I love commenting on public posts and having people just sit there and roast me. But it's awesome. Um, do you think uh, that? I mean, I mentioned this to you guys before we went on, but do you think that all these records that they seem to keep finding, you know, like, I mean, yes, like this is a legit stat, like the most out of the leadoff spot. Like, I get it, but it just seems like every day now we have like a new record, you know, like. Like I just said, Corbin Carroll, first rookie to 25 and 50. Freddie Freeman, first of 20, 20, and 200. Like, do these seem like watered down, like grasping at straws? Is baseball that statistical that we can have all these records? Is it a combination of all of it? Like, I I just feel like they don't really mean much. Do you think that Freddie Freeman stat you just read off doesn't mean much? I guess mean much not isn't the word I'm trying to say. I don't know. I just well, I think it just I, I think seems like it's like why is there a record set every single day in the MLB? Like I, I just yes, these players are good. I, I get it, but it's just like it seems like well, I think it's coming to the end of the season, so this is when records get broken. When they get broken, right? We're not breaking records in May and June, right? Records get broken at least season long records get broken in September. Um, so I feel like that's why we're seeing them now. They're cropping up quickly now because this is when records break. But it's like the combination. You can put together any combination you want to make it be like, oh, Freddie Freeman's the first, first baseman to hit, you know, 20 home runs, slug 642 with an on-base percentage of 900 in the month of September. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that where they're just like, piecing like three or four stats together to make him the first to ever do it. Like I get that Freeman's a great player. Like I said, I, I want him on my team, but it just seems like they're shaping the stats to like, where it's like, Oh, he's the first player to ever do it. That That's I kind of what I mean. I don't, I don't I mean, you. I, mean I, I think, you know, I think baseball's starting to understand too. I mean, this is how you continue to, to keep the game relevant, right? Like people love records. I mean, this look at, we're talking about it now. Not that we, you know, we have seven people listening, but you know, we're talking about it. This is what happens. I mean, like you, yeah. people break records and then records get talked about. 
And so the more you have records that are broken and records that are out there, first guy to do this ever, first rookie to do this ever, first guy since, you know, whatever in 1902, like records get broken. We talk about records. It keeps baseball somewhat relevant. You know, I think there's some of that that goes along with it too. Yeah. You know, like I'm just saying, like I take more stock into like a single record, like, 105 RBIs out of the leadoff spot. I feel like that that's one record that like, yes, no one has ever touched that milestone. And then when you piece like three or four together, it's just like, okay, now we're just trying to find things. Yeah, to that make no one's ever done record. before. Well, it's, right. it's it, we, we live in this advanced stats world where now they've got access to all this stuff. So they can make all those connections where they couldn't in the past. That's so I think, yeah. I think part of it is they now have visibility and stuff like that. They never did. And I think it's a little bit of like what Sean mentioned, you know, trying to create a little hype and excitement to get people to, you know, tune in and watch Freddie Freeman because he's the first guy that's ever hit a home run on Tuesday after eating a ham sandwich for lunch. Um, but th- this is a game. This is a game that's all about stats. It's a stat-driven game, and yeah. people love that crap. They love to know who's the first to do this and what combinations. And so I think it's. I think baseball is trying to feed the hype machine a little bit. I think they've also got the ability to make these connections they really haven't before with all this advanced stat stuff they track. Um, and it creates a headline. Yeah. But I, I uh, agree. I, I think, I think if you ask the players, I think you ask Freddie Freeman, he's going to say, yeah, I don't care. Right. Like, that means nothing to me, but to MLB, it's important to broadcast it. Yeah. I mean, and I agree with you, Sean, I think it is a way to definitely get people to get eyeballs on the screen and to watch the product. And like, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and I'm but, not knocking the strategy, by the way, because it's work. It works. Yeah. Oh, thousand percent. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like that's people talk about it, and the more people talk about it, the more it's on social media, the more it stays relevant. So I'm not knocking the strategy, um, but I, I do think that plays a role of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of stats, we have a new member of the Forty Forty Club, hmm. and we have a week to get two stolen bases. To be a member of the forty seventy club, I, I mean Ronald Acuna, this season has been crazy impressive. That fortieth home run he hit down the line was an absolute laser. Yeah, um, I love the celebration line. around the bases because he he knows how big of a milestone that is. Right, four people have ever done it, and he's now the fifth. Um, I asked this a couple questions ago. A couple weeks ago, sorry, not a couple questions ago. Is this one of the, I mean, Shohei aside, obviously, is this one of the best overall statistical seasons we've ever seen out of a hitter? Like category for category, you know, OBP, batting average, stolen bases, RBIs, home runs, like. Well, let's see, what's the, what's the numbers as of right now let me look it up so batting average is 336 143 runs scored 101 rbis 68 stolen bases 415 obp 595 slugging ops of 1010 yeah it's crazy jesus i i think it's i think it's up there as one of the best 372 total bases yeah 143 runs scored. That's ridiculous. It is. 200 and what, 210 hits. 
He's scoring more than half of the times he gets on base by a good clip. Like he's scoring almost 65% of the time. Well, depending on how many walks he has, it could be about half the time. Well, he's got he 78 walks. I saw, yeah, 78 walks. So it's two. So yeah. he's scoring 78 walks and eight hit by pitch. So he leads, he leads six, the National League two. in plate appearances. He leads all of baseball and runs, all of baseball and hits, baseball all of hits. baseball and oh. stolen bases, all of baseball and OBP. He leads the NL and OPS, OPS plus total bases. All of baseball and total bases. Yes, yeah, sir. All of baseball and total bases. Yep. Like, yeah. I mean, he's obviously the National League MVP, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it, it, I think it might be. I think, I think this is up there for one of the best, like, statistical seasons. I mean, you have in our lifetime. At least, honestly, at least in our right? lifetime. Yes, at least in our lifetime. I mean, you have Miguel Cabrera's triple crown season. Um, that was pretty impressive. But, like, this guy's blowing away everybody in every category. Like, it's not just, like, the three, you know, the three big ones. It's, like, all of them. Yeah, because it's what he's doing. It's 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 runs and stolen bases. Like it's not just that he's got a high average home runs and RBIs. Like he's doing everything else too. Yeah, the guy just wreaks havoc out there. It's crazy. I, I mean, it's it's unreal. Uh, it's it's definitely the best season I, I I can ever remember seeing out of a single hitter. It's it's nuts. Well, Miguel, Miguel Cabrera is all right. So Miguel Cabrera is. Triple crowns, what was that, 2000 and looks like 12? Is that right? Yeah, 2012. Sounds about right. All right, so 44 home runs, 139 RBIs, 330 batting average. OPS of 999, so a shade over, a shade under 1,000. Total bases of 377. So he has he has Acuna beat by 50 total bases. You 50 total bases. No, Acuna was at 372, wasn't he? Five bases. Oh, five yeah, bases. Sorry. Three seventy-two. Yeah, Math is three seventy-two versus three seventy-seven. Yeah. Math right. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say. All right. So Harrison, you get Acuna's up right now for me for this year. Yeah, I get Acuna. Just so right I don't here. have to keep going back and forth. All right. So Miguel Cabrera. I mean, he's got him on the home runs. Miguel had forty-four. Acuna's got forty. Yep. RBIs. Cabrera had one thirty-nine. One hundred one. Yeah. One hundred one. Okay. Yeah. So he's got him certainly. Uh, three thirty batting average for Cabrera. Three thirty-six. 336. Slugging for Cabrera is 606. Uh, 595. So 10 points higher, 11 points higher. How about OPS OBP? Of not, o, OBP, where am I? OBP 393. 415. OPS 999. He's at, what, 1010? Yeah, 1010. 1010. Total bases 377 to 372. I, I, Miguel Cabrera is triple crown season was ridiculous i mean akunis is right there with him do you have du- do you have doubles and there then and then he's yeah and then he's yeah. adding he's adding almost 70 bags uh cabrera in 2012 had 40 doubles uh 34 how many total hits total hits 205 210 yeah 210 already so i i, I might put cabrera's with the 68 swipes hopefully he gets to 70 swipes I mean, that might be a better season yeah, 143 runs too. Is yeah, that's a, yeah, a that's joke. Yeah. Like that's an. Yeah. I mean, that's also a product of who's hitting behind him. I mean, and that his lineup speed. and his speed. And, and his there's speed, a lot of sure. hits Absolutely. Cabrera's not scoring on that, that Acuna is. Right. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, I, I put this season up with Miguel Cabrera's Triple Crown season oh, for sure. Oh, easy. Absolutely. Easy. Absolutely insane. Yeah, but. it's wild. He's doing he's doing it all, and he's playing disgustingly good defense. This is kind of absolute cannon strapped to that shoulder. It's <laughs> he's gross. a freak. Yeah. Um, not right. All right, couple um, injuries, uh, notable injuries. Uh, Sandy Alcantara done for the year. So even if the Marlins do make the playoffs, uh, Alcantara will not pitch um, in the postseason. I don't think they're all that bummed about having a guy with a six ERA not pitching the postseason. I don't think so either. And talk about a big fall off, man. Uh, Cy Young winner where no one could touch him, and now he can't get anybody out. It's it makes crazy. no sense. Absolutely nuts. Um, Mike Trout done for the year. They're pretty much. I mean, the Angels have canned it in since they've been done know, for the year May. since the first of September. Yeah. Um, his stock in the off season. That's going to be interesting to keep an eye on to see if he does end up getting moved. I know we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, I, I think if he does get moved, it's to Philly. I mean, it's he'll definitely wave a no trade to go to Philly. Um, that's that's his hometown. So, I don't know. What what do you guys feel on that? Do you think he moves or do you think he stays? I, I just I, I think, think he's he too likes hard to though. trade. I think he's too hard to trade that. That contract only get absorbed by so many teams. I think he loves the idea that it's like L.A., but it's not L.A. And he just gets to be Mike Trout out there. He doesn't – I mean, when was the last time you saw him in a commercial? Like, he goes to Philadelphia or New York or Boston or L.A. or San Francisco. He goes to cities like that. Like, dude, that's going to come with you having all sorts of, like, your face all over the tube. You're doing all sorts of commercials and all this. I don't think he likes any of that stuff. He loves, like, once a year he goes to an Eagles game and he gets to wave the towel and people cheer for him because he's a big Birds fan. But, like, that's it. Like, that's the one time a year outside of a baseball game that you see his face on TV, and I think he's totally fine with it. Fair. And he has a full no trade, right? Like, a full no movement? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I would imagine. I'd be surprised. I mean, if there's teams he waved for, Philly's probably one just because it is, like, hometown. I'd be surprised, though, if he gets moved. It's such yeah. a big contract to move. You know, how many teams can slide a $40 million payroll player on, into, their, into their lineup? Right. No problem. Right. And a guy who only how plays 100 years? games. Yeah. Full no trade clause and has seven years and nearly $250 million remaining on his contract. What do you do with that? You buy a lot of houses. That's what you do with that money. <laughs> you buy a lot of houses. You don't, no, you don't buy houses. You buy... Well, yeah, well, whatever. Mansions and apartment complexes, and they pay you forever. You know what I mean. Buy property. Dang, yeah, um, dude, that's crazy. I'd just be happy with two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, easy, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're eating good tonight. Yeah, right. Um, and then we have one player that retired, Sean Doolittle. So I mean, just you kind a, of a, you got a nice journeyman little thing. Reliever. Got a nice little thing from the Nationals, though. Yeah, funny how that works. The Nationals actually yeah, do give some guys a nice little send-off. They had a little, like, do-little day or something. Yep. Yeah, of course. And then they, they tell Steven Strasburg he has to report for spring, spring training next year. <laughs> Absolute joke. <laughs> Did you see all that report, Sean? Yeah. I, I, I can't no. with that. Let's it's, move on. makes me so mad. <laughs> all right. The last thing I have is 
the rounding third fantasy baseball season is wrapping up. Yours truly lost in the semifinals. Um, so we have the uh, finals here. Uh, we have Jack Wood against Chris Buckner in our fantasy finals. So good luck to you fellas. Um, I'm hoping at some point to get a rounding third plaque with the fantasy runners, the uh, fantasy winners inscribed. I can put it like right over my shoulder here and then be kind of cool. Um, so that's our second annual rounding third fantasy baseball season. Um, and we will have a winner by next Monday, I think, or maybe even next Tuesday. I think this, this week goes a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so good luck to you two this week. I'm playing for the bronze medal that no one cares about. So, yeah. Sean's, uh, anyways, Sean's still enjoying his wander vision. So, yeah, I, I, that goes to show you the last time I updated that. <laughs> my, my team name is still wander vision, which is it's just an awful look for me. I mean, that's just so bad. That's so bad. He only has eyes. I mean, never, never mind. Easy. He's got, <laughs> he's definitely got the vision. Yeah, he's got vision. It's just the wrong vision. <laughs> But yeah. All right. That's all I had on my list for this week. Do you guys have anything to add? I got a few things. All right. Let's, let's hear it. Uh, first off, Aaron judge, JD Martinez, your players of the week. Uh, judge had an insane week. So did JD Martinez, JD Martinez looks like the old JD Martinez. So he does congrats to the uh, Dodgers for making that move, getting him relatively inexpensive for what you got and letting him have a monster year. Um, so those are your players of the week. Uh, two two things of interest. If you haven't seen it, try to go watch the clip. Uh, Joey Votto got his standing ovation for what could be his last game in Cincinnati. Uh, that was yesterday. The fans gave him some love. He was able to step out of the box, wave his helmet, and uh, and get his get his acknowledgement, which was mm-hmm. nice to see. That guy is a legend of baseball. Whether he's a Hall of Famer or not, whole other debate. Um, but when it comes to just great people in baseball, he's one of the tops. I, he's easily one of my favorite players of all time. I, this guy is just awesome. I, everything about him, every video clip that you see of this dude, like he's cracking jokes or like he's doing something for someone. Like I love the TikTok that he makes with the fans when they ask him, like, it's just, it, it's awesome. Like baseball needs guys like that. And I mean, I would love to see Joey Votto for one more year. I mean, I think he can still produce. I, he had a decent season. This I'd year, love to like, see him just like came back, be an assassin, like 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 Jose Abreu did, and like went to Houston, like just be an assassin and like go go take Chase like take like April and May off for like whatever the rules allow you to do, and then like figure out which team is is it, and then just go join. Them. Yeah, yeah. Like I would love to. Like, but, go, I mean, there's go get a ring. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love that for him too. But I also, I think he's the type of guy where like. Once a red, always a red. Yeah, I, agree. I, I don't think he has interest yeah. in in going to another organization. Well, he said he's loved being around these young kids. It has kept him, yeah. you know, vibrant this year. Um, and I think he likes that. And I, I would not be surprised if you see him in this organization in some shape or form after he retires. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Yep. And, and if I remember correctly, I don't think he has a. I don't think he has a personal services portion to his contract. But I think there's one waiting for him where he can kind of stay with the Cincinnati Reds, be like a baseball ambassador to them. But there's a lot of indications that he's likely going to retire um, because physically he's not sure if he wants to do it anymore. But plus he has other interests. Um, 
he's doing so this voiceover work for this SpongeBob thing, and he's doing some stuff with kids, and yeah. he's finding he's enjoying life outside of baseball more now than he was before, and he might go explore that. But either way, yeah. the dude is an A plus legend of the game. Um, he got a great standing ovation. The fans treated him really well, and is what is on what will be likely be his final game in Cincinnati. Um, but okay. wherever he goes, I just hope he keeps popping up around baseball because it'd be a shame to lose Absolutely. a guy like Votto. Absolutely. Uh, and then lastly, uh, another legend of the game. Uh, we're now watching the final week of Terry Francona's career. Mm. Um, so this is the end for Tito. He is retiring after this year. He will, uh, it's 23 year managerial career. When you look at his coaching tree that's out there and you look at the players he's coached, the championships that he's won, the impact he's had, Terry Francona for sure. Uh, we'll go down as one of the legends of the game. He'll be a Hall of Famer too. Yeah. I, I don't have any doubt in my mind he'll be in the Hall of Fame as a manager. Yeah. And oh, deservedly yeah. so. Like Absolutely. like that trivia question you asked a couple months ago, Sean. Like, what is it? Seven managers? Yes, coaching trees are ridiculous. Current managers? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, it's. And there'll be more. Impressive. There'll be more of them. There'll be former players and end up coaching too. So. Oh, for sure. But yeah, major impact. But this will be his final week. And I do feel like the Guardians kind of did him dirty trading away players at the deadline and kind of weakening that team. So he went out, he's going to go out like he does, but it is what it is. And it's, uh, it is the end for Tito, but boy, did he leave some memories. But I mean, that could have also been the guardians being like, Hey, like we know it's Tito's last year, even before he announced it and was like, this is our chance to kind of like rebuild with a new manager and give them a fresh start too. So I mean, I kind of get it. I, I kind of understand what you're saying, too. Like, you're not giving him a chance to compete for the postseason in his last year. But, um, yeah. You got to do it right for the organization, been... and I get it. But, but yeah, so yeah. if you haven't – if you catch a little bit of a Guardians game, you'll see the end of uh, Tito Francona. Yeah. All right. Anything out of you, Mr. Bogue? No, I just think uh, at some point it's just hilarious. We're what six games left in the year, and the Red Sox have a zero run differential. I mean, like there's just something about that <laughs> symmetry yeah. that's just. I mean, that's that's right. Yeah, I mean, like they score a lot of runs, yeah. they give up a whole lot of runs, yeah. and like they lose games they shouldn't lose, and they win games they probably shouldn't win, and then here we are at like literally a zero run differential with six games yeah. left. I just find that incredibly hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, at, at a, at a zero run differential and expected win loss of 78 and 78. They could not be any more vanilla down the middle than they are. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's like uh, you almost have to applaud Hein. Like, this is what they wanted from him. Just yeah. put me a mediocre <laughs> team on the field. Like, he did exactly that. He did exactly yeah. that. And he lost his job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing exactly yeah. what you told you to do. You now there's the door. Yeah, no, get out. <laughs> My God. And there, there right. is the San Diego Padres are five games out with six to play, and there are people in San Diego saying that they are gearing up for a playoff push, which I find laughable. Hey, man, if, if I say it, if they do it, I hope they win the whole thing. Yep. That's that would be friggin' right. wild. We're sitting here just crapping on them all year, and they become World Series champions. We're like, Melvin's going to lose his job. Yep. He wins, he Baseball, wins the whole man. thing. Baseball. That team didn't come to life until about a week ago, two weeks ago. <laughs> Only took us 150 games, fellas, but we're still in it. Let's go. Yeah, down to six games left, and they've won nine of their last ten. Crazy. Anyways. All right. Sweet. Well, 
before we go, just make sure that you like, you can share our page, you can share our videos, you can share our reels, like our reels, comment on our reels, all of that stuff. Um, do whatever you can to share. You can like and follow us. Um, you can subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next Monday at 8 with the season wrapping up and the playoff picture possibly intact. So we will see you next Monday at 8 p.m. Shaft. Yep. See you. Enjoy a great week of baseball. Later. Indeed.